Hello, Sandwich Church. This is Hannah Anderson, and I am here today with Emily Shields. Emily and I have hijacked the podcast this week, kicked Brandon out, and we are going to have a conversation today about what it means to be called to the church or the church as vocation. And Emily, I am just so glad to be talking with you. And, and some might say the, the better half of the, the Shields couple, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I. It is a joy and honor to be here today. I told Brandon, I said, um, I'm hijacking the podcast today. I'm like, the ratings are going to go up. Get ready, guys. We're, it's about to be trending. That's right. He'll be lucky if he gets back in. We'll, we'll think about it. Yes, we'll thanks for it. having me today. Thanks for inviting me. Well, I was actually the one who suggested that you and I um, talk because I know in our own conversations outside of the podcast that we have um, really similar kind of heart for the local church and even the way our lives have played out around ministry in the local church. Um, I've spent a significant portion of my adult life as a pastor's wife and, you know, you're a pastor's wife, church planning, um, pastor's wife. And it's hard for me to tell my story of my life without the church. Like, I don't even think I could tell you who I am without explaining this is the role that God used the church in my life. And I, I've heard similar things in your story. Yes. I, I would say very much the same. It, even when I think about my life, I, I, in many ways, feel like parts of it began in certain ways, like when I began actually walking with Christ. Now, I'm, and of course, I have like early, beautiful memories of my childhood and my family of origin growing up and my parents teaching us the Bible and teaching us to love God. And I was, uh, I was actually raised Catholic. I was raised in the Catholic church. And, um, even when I have early memories of thinking back to eighth grade and, um, different points in my life, like I remember really, um, wrestling with scripture and, um, wanting to, uh, obey God's word and, and wanting to love him. And from an, from a young age, I remember that. And I came to, my mom led me to Christ. And, um, but when I think about my early days in the church, it really happened at about age 16. So I, um, we were raised in, um, the Catholic church, but my mom attended the local Southern Baptist church, um, that was in our city. And we split Sundays. Some Sundays we would go with my mom to church other days we would um, go to the Catholic church. And so I have this memory. Um, we laugh now, but um, my dad was a, was a Catholic, had been a Catholic his whole life. And um, our neighbors had been in, in, in concert with my mom. My dad was reading his Bible and we were in the Catholic church one Sunday and um, where we were like, just the Bible wasn't being taught in a way that you know, that he, something happened in the homily. I was not old enough to really understand, but my dad looked across the pew and he was like, get, get up, we're leaving. And I was like, we're leaving. I mean, you don't get up in the middle of, you know, a priest's homily and get up and walk out. And um, we did so respectfully. It was not, but I knew that day something had changed in my dad and something we got in the car, you know, we're walking to the car and we're like, you know, what's going on? Uh, mass doesn't get out for another, are we getting donuts? Are we going to the donut shop early before mass gets out? And um, my dad was like, I am being taught the Bible. You know, we, we, I'm 
basically being taught the Bible at this other church. And I want us to be at a place where we're all together. You know, mm. our, our life was very, my mom, um, was at the Baptist church. We were going back and forth, but there were some Sundays where my parents would go to the Baptist church. We would go to the 12 o'clock mass and then kind of one all at a time, we all joined, um, this church. And, um, I remember I have a distinct memory of being 16. I had just gotten my license. I want to say maybe the second or second or second, like second or third week after I'd gotten my license and I drove myself to youth group and I did not know anybody and I didn't care. I, I had, a, um, we laughed. I had a precious moments Bible. Do you know what precious moments yes, are? Yes. Yes. Okay, okay. So I had this precious moments Bible. It was very, um, you know, geared towards children. Um, but I was 16 carrying this precious moments Bible in to youth group because I wanted to learn. I, it was like mm-hmm. a flip had a switch had been flipped in my heart and life. And, um, I wanted to learn what the Bible had to say. And I got to church, the, um, the local church. So I go there, we meet, um, Jimmy and Kristen Scroggins and our, my life was not the same from that point on. Um, they were the ones who, um, in concert with my parents taught me, you know, my mom modeled, my mom and dad modeled what it was to read the Bible, but there was just a practical way of like, I would show up each week and they would ask me questions. Like, did you read your Bible this week? And it's different. I think that this is what's so important. The partnership between the local church and the family, Mm. because what they were doing was reinforcing what my parents were teaching, you know, but there's something having a third party ask you those questions and taught me how to read the Bible and and taught me very basic um, practices of having a quiet time. Like I I did not have an understanding of that. And I I have distinct memories of like uh, taking my Bible. I just took my, I started very radically taking my Bible with me um, to school and I would read mm. my Bible and study hall the and I just moments Bible. Yeah. I somehow got an upgrade. Somebody was like, well, maybe you might want a student. I think they gifted me a, um, an IV student. Bible. Yes. Yeah. You remember that? And, and, and I love how, I love how you're, you're drawing on that thread of family because you know, that was one of the vocations that we talked about a few weeks ago. And it's, it's so fascinating to me how God weaves all of these different threads together because my experience of the church, and I know it's not everyone's experience, but it was also very linked to family. It was very yes. much about what was happening in our home and what was happening in the church. Um, and I actually don't have many memories of ever not being in the church. Um mm-hmm. And so I, like one of my earliest memories was actually, I guess I was three or four because I remember my Sunday school class had this, this is going to sound so weird. It, it was dated then. It was like this cake that it wasn't a real cake. It was like a plastic bank shaped like a cake. And yes. if it was your birthday, they would put candles on it. It had little folders <laughs> for candles. And you would blow out the candles. And I remember doing that on my fourth birthday, which means, you know, I've yes. got even vague memories of being excited that my birthday was coming. So, yes. I mean, that's the level at which being part of this body of believers was so integrated. Like, you can't pull that thread in my life. If you did, everything else would unravel. Like, this yes. is how integral it was to my development. And I can even remember 
really key people um, who played such a part in looking out for me or helping me grow or teaching me Bible verses, you know, whether it was Sunday school or vacation Bible school. And, and I can point to those people. They, they never, at the time, I didn't feel like they were spiritual mothers and fathers. But today, right. looking back, I was like, that person poured themselves into me. One woman I think of, um, Mrs. Sheets, her name was Mrs. Sheets. And she was just so committed to ministering to those within the body of Christ, especially young people. Um, like there, there's there's no story of Hannah Anderson without Mrs. Sheets. Um, yes. did, you, did you have similar folks? Yeah, I would say like, I think back to um, we, every Sunday we would go to, um, it was called Sunday dinner at my grandmother's. It was five o'clock. Um, anybody could come. It was a stink. It was every week. And um, the neighbors would all come. And this woman, Barbara Miller, um, she's no longer living, but she was um, a committed member of New Cut Road Baptist Church. That's also where my grandmother went. And they were having vacation Bible school. And I can still tell, you know, this is back like not a lot has changed where if you ask your children what was the best thing about they're like the snacks they, they yeah. remember the snacks <laughs> so we had kool-aid and we had little hugs you know, have little hugs all, 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 all that stuff yeah the little jugs is that what you said mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. um but when i think about i can remember um learning the first bible verse i'd ever learned i mean apart I even feel like I might have learned it before John 3, 16 was Psalm 25, 4. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy path. Psalm 25, 4. And I have this, like, it's seared in my brain. I can tell you, I could get in a car, drive to Louisville, drive to New Cut Road, find the church, stand in the parking lot. Um, and I can tell you where these small, just small country church, I probably don't think that there was probably more than 30 kids at this vacation Bible school, but it was backyard Bible club, whatever. Um, but I remember somebody just, we, we worked on that verse and being so excited that I learned the verse and just like God planting those seeds, it takes root in your heart that it's interesting to me that I associate learning that verse with Barbara Miller because um, it is so foundational because it was so ordinary. The faithfulness of ordinary people um, opening up her home, coming over to my grandmother's house, inviting all the grandkids. You know, my grandmother had the meal. The kids walked over. Probably we were at vacation Bible school probably while they were cleaning up the meal. Um, and we were doing that every, you know, the, I, I had those early memories of just the faithfulness of people in the church teaching the Bible, teaching people to love God. And so I look back. And so that even predated me, obviously, before 16. That was probably around um, eight or nine years old. But when I look back and I think about when we met Jimmy and Kristen Scroggins um, at Highview, and I think about um, Rick and Diane Fowl, um, his wife, Diane, and Kristen taught my son his school class. And they taught me, um, I can remember where I was when I, the first time I heard Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And it was like, for the first time, I understood that what it meant to be, I'm sorry, I'm tearing up, but salvation by grace through faith, what that meant, because um, I had been really trying really hard in the Catholic Church, and so part of what, it wasn't that I left the church because they had taught me the foundations of the faith, but I hear for to be to, for the Sunday school teacher to be standing up and saying like what it was that even the the faith was a gift mm -hmm. that like all of that is all um a gift from God like I'll never forget it and it was like 
I, I learned those Bible verses. And so God was doing a work in me that really wasn't about church per se. Like I was, um, I, I believe I was converted as a child I believe, or at 10 years old, but there was something that clicked in me that it was like, this is justification by grace through faith alone. Mm, right. And that, that hit me at 16, that couldn't have hit me. Uh, it was part of my Catholic upbringing. So I, I remember just leaving and um, being like, I had my Bible and I would just share the gospel with people. I was at school, like supposed to be doing my, you know, in study hall. And I'm like, I've got like the, um, uh, what was the, what was the, um, the, the Henry Cloud Bible study, like not encountering God. What was it called? Um, you know, I'm not, no, I don't, I'm not familiar with that one. I I can't think of what it was called, but it was like how God, um, it was basically is about this Bible, Henry Cloud, that's not it. I'm, I'm losing my, my train of thought, but I was just doing these Bible studies and um, they were teaching me to read the Bible mm-hmm. and to study the Bible. And so there was something so very ordinary about um, reading the Bible, studying the Bible, walking with God and being taught by, it wasn't about, um, it wasn't about church in right. terms of like um, a formalized ministry. It was the people of God, the, the um, people being of God doing the work of God, doing the work of God mm-hmm. and building the body, you yeah. know, and so and- that, and there's very little that like energizes me more than that vision of church. Um, you know, the, the people being empowered by the Holy Spirit and equipped for the work of ministry. And, and that very, um, I don't know, every member, a minister kind of approach yes. where mm-hmm. um, it's not top down. You know, we have our leaders and we have uh, those that God has sent to the church to to guide and teach the church but at the end of the day the church is um the barbaras and the mrs sheep i mean that's who the family of god is and that was so i had a really good experience of yeah of of the church being the church of the people of god working out ministry um and i know that's not always the case you know i i know people have a lot of woundedness in relationship to the church um and where the the body is dysfunctional or where Mm -hmm. it turns on itself um and and maybe you know if you're listening and you have a different story with the church um we don't want to in any way minimize or deny that there's a lot of pain that can also happen in the body of christ but but there's a great beauty too, and there's great um, freedom and delight and joy. So much so that I think I would say my good experience of the church as a child and a teenager is what eventually led me to pursue calling in church ministry. Okay. I think that it was the kind of vision, the kind of um, well working membership that I thought, well, I never want to leave this. I want to do yes. this for the rest of my life. And and eventually, um, you know, that wasn't a clear straight path to vocation. You know, it's always meandering, you're always discerning, you're always discovering. But eventually, um, you know, as an adult, God brought my husband and I together around the work of the church, around this kind of cultivation and care of the body of Christ. And you have a similar a story, I think, I, you know, I've talked with you and Brandon about just how central caring for and loving the body of Christ is even to your own marriage and your family. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, I would say, um, so in that same window of time, right after I, um, so around 16, like when I entered the church, that's where actually where I met Brandon. Brandon um, was the, so our church, our youth group had this policy that if you could only go to open gym, if you went to student ministry before. So if you went to the Bible teach time. So um, in, in would walk Brandon carrying his basketball at like the 10 minutes till the open gym time. And I was like, uh, uh, like, who is this? Who's this guy? Like he's totally skating in. Um, and we laugh about it because he's like, that's, that's what got him to church was the opportunity to be at open gym. And so he would come in and be a little bit disruptive, like entering in with his basketball. But so we both started going to this church and, um, he, he said that he was, he joined a men's or a, a young men's discipleship group because they were going to go to McDonald's every like Tuesday morning. And he thought that was cool. So it's funny to me how the Lord uses very ordinary things of that he didn't even know what he was getting into. He thought he was going to just go get a sausage go, biscuit hey, and get McDonald's and look, you got a life. <laughs> exactly. But what was interesting in that time was that um, we both got invited. So we got in discipleship relationships. We were, we were just friends. We were not even, I don't even think I actually knew him. I just knew him as the guy who would come in disruptive with the basketball to go to open gym but we both went on this um three-week trip it was a 21-day trip the longest that you could stay in a country without you know a visa we took we went with bob tivo bob tivo evangelistic association so tim tivo's dad bob tivo runs um a ministry to the philippines and so we got seated this whole flight we were seated next to each other and we both got to the philippines um and went to different parts of the island and we were on teams where we were sharing the gospel every day for for 21 days straight and i was a like a very new christian and all of a sudden i was hurled into sharing my faith and then we both recognized that trip as like very formational in our life not because of necessarily limited to the only the work that we did but it was the first like to see the power of the gospel transform lives and we had been doing that every day for almost a month and it was like why are we not doing that I remember coming home and being like I'm a different person and why am I not doing that in my everyday life and that was the summer before my senior year in high school and so it kind of propelled and he was in college at the time his freshman year and so it propelled this um need for personal evangelism like i would get on an airplane fly across the ocean and share the gospel with people i don't know like how am i not sharing my faith with people in my real life and so god was doing this work that was beautiful that we had that common experience but we were not linked up we were not boyfriend and girlfriend we were just friends on the trip you know we met on that trip and you'll think this is funny he sat down next to me and he was like i know you're really excited to sit next to me on this flight and i'm like who, who are you? <laughs> so he's so silly that um, I love him. I, I really did like getting to sit next to him. But to share those experiences and have, um, to share those experiences and then also have um, God doing this work that I got home and I actually had plans to go to the University of Kentucky. I was going to be, that's where I my, made my college decision. And then I changed, I changed the course of where I was going to go to college. Um, I decided, you know, I was like, I feel this call to full-time ministry. 
I don't know what that means for a woman, to be honest. I didn't have all that figured out, but I had this, um, I had this clarity that I wanted to go study the Bible. I wanted to know more. I wanted to have, I didn't have words for it at the time, but I, I didn't have a systematic theology. I didn't have, I literally loved the Lord. I couldn't imagine not serving and equipping in the local church. And I wanted to formalize that. And I changed my um, college direction really at the last minute. And um, I went to a Boyce Bible College at the undergraduate at um, Southern, Seminary, Southern Seminary and um, God took me on a different journey. And so I remember just this feeling of, I was so excited um, my first days in Bible college of like, I want to understand the word. I want to understand and be able to teach and equip people um, all burst out of my heart from the local church because mm -hmm. I would not, even though I know that like God was using all that. That's why I say like the faithfulness of every, like when I think about Diane Fowl, Kristen Scroggins, um, these other women who just faithfully taught Sunday school every week, taught us to read the Bible, taught us the Bible in concert, you know, with, and then being, sharing their life with us. I think that's the other piece that I didn't get to touch on when I think about Barbara, I think about all these other people. Um, and particularly the Scroggins, what was so transformational was the, um, the dual engine of teaching and opening your life and sharing your life that people, and I think that that's what's been beautiful at SOMA is that people encounter Christ and they're also in community and people open up their lives and people are, they experience Christ in relationship. And so right. that's right. really what has been the heartbeat of what, when we decided to plant the church, like what we wanted, what was so transformational was the power of power of God through the people of God. And then, and in connection with relationship where how, how people change and how um, transformation happens, God does it through, through his church. And so that's what was so beautiful. I think that that's part of why I love the church so mm -hmm. deeply is that um, to know it's real people, real imperfect people pursuing a perfect savior and opening up their lives in the, in the very ordinary ways, you know, the things that are not always spectacular. When I think about our church experience growing up, it wasn't the, we were a part of a mega church. Like I didn't even have language for that. It was just that I knew these people on the second floor of that building were waiting for me on Sunday morning, standing, you know, hugged me when I came in the door, hugged me when I left and checked in with me through the week, showed up at my field hockey games, showed up at, um, you know, different events in my life that they were at that. I didn't know what they were doing, but they were opening up their life. They were um, welcoming me, me in, in a way that was obviously just, it was grace. Right. It was God. Right. And, and that kind of, layered every year you know like day in day out month in month out that that forms a kind of gravitational pull at least it did in my life where it wasn't so much the the positions or what people were teaching I mean I probably um the folks in my church wouldn't recognize some of the way I live my life now like we're all Christians but I have in many ways changed the way I live my Christianity out the way I live my Christian life out, but I still have this deep gravitational pull to them and yeah. to the church. And, you know, my husband, Nathan, and I, we've been through enough church pain, you know, being 
pastor, pastor's wife, just being part of an imperfect body, that there'll be times we look at each other and we're like, we're done. That's it. We don't want to do this anymore. This hurts too much. Yes. And we can never stick with that. We are always find ourselves continually drawn back to the church. And, it, and we, we just are like, I can't quit it. I can't. Mm-hmm. There's something larger than me that is pulling me and drawing me into Christ's body. And it is the members, but it is the Holy Spirit. It's God himself. And, and that's why I'm so glad we can talk about this as that vocation right? As a calling. A lot of times we in our American culture think about the church as a choice, like which choice, which church do you want to go to? Which one do you like? Which one fits you? Um, Here's all your different choices. And for me, I'm like, I didn't even know there was a choice. Like I just have this something that God has done in bringing and drawing us to his body. Um, just feel so much bigger than me and bigger yes. than any wisdom or will that I might have exerted. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say, you know, even just in our church planning, as we're approaching 10 years, we, it'll be 10 years this December that we moved here. Um, and I would say, yeah, there's definitely many times where I was like, I, I don't, I don't think we can do this. I don't, I don't know if, you know, um, we're going to make it, you know, it's just, it's hard. And, um, but I think what's beyond things being hard is, uh, is the beauty of the local church. And I think about, I want my children to have people who know and love God and love his word, faithfully teach his word. And I want them to have people in their life like that, that, um, are faithful teachers and faithful Christ followers and who are um, evangelists on mission in their workplace, like to have that pictured um, because I, I understood, even I would say at a young age, when Brandon and I were both serving in student ministry, you know, kids would get up around their high school graduation and they would thank us for doing different things for them. And, you know, that is, it's part, like you play a small role, but that is, speaking to like that their family and other people that have been sewing into them all beyond in those early years, God uses it all. And so you know that you can't be everything for your children. You know that they need the community of faith. Um, and I think back like of the faithful people in my life, like they, my parents were teaching me the same thing, but that for some reason at that, that space in my life, I need the third person or other people speaking in that and pushing me back towards, Hey, you should talk to your mom and dad about this. You need to have, um, and pushing me, um, towards, um, you know, recon- helping connect those dots. And so I think about, um, when things get hard, you know, I think about, um, that, that strong foundation of having those relationships as I, I think back of like what it means to be faithful over, over be rooted. I think that that's been something, that has been important to us is that we want to um, root ourselves down and try and pursue faithfulness. And, and that that's over, that's playing the long game as opposed to the short game and, and not because um, things do get hard. Um, and there are times when, you know, I, I echo, it, it actually, it, it makes me feel better when I hear a lot of people in the ministry share those those same things. Um, but I think the beauty of the local church and knowing how transformational 
that is, and it's imperfect, right? Like I look back and um, it's not about it being perfect. It's about faithfulness. And um, that's God's, um, that's the fruit of the spirit being manifested in the lives of the belief of believers. Um, what I think back is beautiful. I, I regularly have a habit. I haven't done it by pre COVID, but I would regularly send um, my old Sunday school teachers cards because it's like, I wouldn't be who, where I was today without the, just the everyday faithfulness of people um, teaching me because they weren't teaching me to be dependent upon them. They were teaching me to read my Bible and to be dependent on God, ultimately. Like, I look back, and I'm like, they were not building their ministry to, these are just everyday people leading mm -hmm. these places that they were teaching me to be rooted in Christ. And so there's something that is so beautiful and encouraging that um, that's also exciting. Like, we don't get to, we're scattering seed, right? Mm, we're, right, right. You, I, I don't scatter seed, but you know about scattering yeah. seed. No, it but, is. And I think that's why when I hear calls, you know, like, come get involved in children's ministry or do this, you know, we need workers in this space. It, it, it would be very easy to be like, oh, I, I don't, you know, that's just child care. That's like just babysitting or child care. And one thing I've, you know, for a lot of my ministry, I've worked in like five, six, seven-year-old classrooms. Um, and I just, it is, it is, as you said, planting seeds that are going to eventually cultivate and grow. And you may never get to see what happens, yeah. but yes. um, people have poured into us and we pour into others. And, and that's part of the kind of generational nature of God's family too. And none of this is lost. None of this is lost. Yeah. And I think that that's where what excited me about Sunday is thinking about there are opportunities for people to serve and step in and get in the game. And at whatever degree, like I didn't know that God was going to meet that me serving in student ministry is actually how I started um, where I first began serving in the church. And I think about like downstairs in Soma Kids, when our Soma, Cure, Soma Kids workers are caring for infants, I know that they're praying over them. I, I know when I work those rooms, I am holding this baby, praying big things over this baby's life and this child's life and their parents and those who are going to invest in them. Um, and then, you know, or I think about just the people in the parking lot, how important it is for people to have a smiling face, like the things that um, faithfulness being um, shown in so many different ways, you know, uh, the people who come early at Soma on Sunday mornings to make the coffee and who are praying over the people who are going to come through the doors, those who are, um, you know, prior to the pandemic, we had a, a group who would come every week and pray over the service, pray over the people who are going to be sitting in the chairs, that all these ways that that God uses the body to work together, because we can't just say it's, it's, it's only um, the only people making an impact are, are is Miles, who's singing on the stage, or or Brandon, who's whoever's on the stage. That all so much what's happening, even if we just look at it on Sunday morning, is happening all over the property, and um, that that's being done as an offering in love, and that's what I think is so beautiful. Sometimes I, I just when I see. Um, people running the AV, you know, different things that are people taking out the trash, it, taking out, you know, clearing out the trash out of the nursing mom's room, like faithfulness just on display. Like if you just reduced it down to, I'm just carrying out trash. It's like, no, you're providing a hospitable environment for people to come and hear the word and, um, and be 
have the potential to make relationships and sometimes lifelong relationships yes. that beyond have, have yes. the trajectory and, of their lives changed as well. Um, yeah, and I think it's just a privilege. Like I, I look at it when I hear on Sunday, when I heard this past Sunday, when I was just, when Brandon was going through just the past 10 years of what the Lord's done um, in our church and what he's allowed us to share in, it's beautiful. And then to also look look forward and say, where are the opportunities to welcome others in? Like we we need people, we need people. It's not just we need we need people in spaces for, for service to happen. It's for ministry to happen, for the body to be equipped, you know, for, um, so I think that that is super exciting to me. It keeps our eyes forward um, and not just back in nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, that future vision and the hope that of what will come both for Soma and within, um, you know, whatever church that we are currently in, this is the the hope that that God is a God that is building something. He is building His church. He's using His people. He's giving them gifts for the edifying and building up of the body. And that's just something that I've never gotten over, and I hope I never will. Yeah, me too. And I and I was thinking about what what I pray often is that God would give me a deep love for the church. That um, I pray that often. I pray that for our people that, that that's not just, Hey, come lock arms with Emily Shields. Personally, it's like that you would love Christ and that you would build his, like Christ says, we'll build his church. And so to pray that, that, um, that their commitment, that our commitments would be to Christ and to building and equipping his church and trusting God with the details. You know, I think that that's, um, just to not forget to pray that. And so, um, well, and that's, that's a, a good word because I was actually going to ask you to pray over Soma. Um, and as we conclude the podcast today, that, that you would offer up a prayer for uh, the work God is doing in the body, um, Thanksgiving and hope and joy. And thank you for joining me today. And if you would uh, close us out in prayer, I would love to do that. Um, Lord, we just love you so much, God. We just um, thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. We thank you um, for the new mercies and the new work that you're doing um, in us and through us. And I just lift up our congregation to you. I thank you for SOMA, um, just this beautiful body of believers who are on mission scattered throughout the city. I think about our other congregations as well. Um, God, what a privilege it is to to serve and um, love alongside these people. And um, I just pray your blessing over our congregation. I pray, God, just um, for, for men and women to be raised up to equip the body. I pray that people would find um, their area of service, Lord, just um, in the quiet place of their heart, that you would stir up um, a desire to build the body and that we would, um, that people would know that there's no small part, that we all have a part in this mission. And so I pray that people would identify with that and experience that, that they would try some new things out, step outside of their comfort zone um, and unleash their gifts um, in the congregation. And and I pray, God, that the body of Christ would be built up. I pray for unity in our church. Um, I thank you for um, seeing us through this challenging COVID season and the disorientation that that brings. And I pray, um, God, just that as we return home to our, um, our building and just this new work that we were reminded, God, that many months have passed since we gathered in this place together, um, but God, that you're doing a new work. And so I pray for new wine and new wineskins, God, that, um, that that you would do 
immeasurably more that we could hope or ask for. I pray that you would stir our imaginations, God, that you would bring a renewed sense of faithfulness, God, that um, relationships would be mended, broken places would be healed, God, and that the word would be preached, God, and that people would hear and that um, people would respond in faith. I pray, God, just um, over Soma Kids ministry that is so beautiful and is such a gift to so many, God, that um, you would bless their hands and their work um, downstairs. And I pray for our hospitality team and our AV team and music ministry and all the places. I pray for our pastors and leaders and teachers, MC leaders, God, that you would refresh them, God, in, in only the way that the spirit can refresh. And so I pray, Lord, that we would um, love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that, that we would love our neighbors um, as ourselves, Lord, and that we would um, seek to honor you in all that we think, say, and do. And um, God, I pray that we would trust you in the places that are hard, um, the places that um, I pray for those who did not have a positive church experience growing up. God, I pray that you would um, heal that and provide a different experience opportunity. And I pray that our church would receive people um, in tenderness and love. And Lord, I'm so grateful. Um, I, I know this that James feels this way, that Brandon feels this way, Robin, our staff, it, what a privilege it is to love and serve this body. And so I pray, God, just uh, your blessing. And um, I pray for, um, God, just unity and love um, over our body. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.